are pleased to be here today to introduce Mr. Malcolm Jenkins. Malcolm Jenkins is an Ohio State alumnus, former college football player at The Ohio State University, professional football player with the National Football League, and chief executive officer of Malcolm Incorporated. All right, so Mike, we're going to put you on the spot a little bit, man. Like, you know, we, we certainly appreciate you being here, but in the world of athletes, and obviously now as an author, we expect you to know everything. So you got to know everything for us here today. Okay. Yes, indeed. So, so we're going to have um, just a chat session. Me, you, Janai here. We got our talking points. But, but I want to start with a piece here because you have, a, you have a, a, a spot in your book that I just read. And I thought it was phenomenal, right? So you share about a random trip to Central Ohio when you were a kid in high school, these young people's age, and, and how that trip to Central Ohio changes your life. So, so the, the setup is your family comes to Columbus, and then I want you to take it from there and tell us about your experience while you were here. What was it, for a week or two weeks you were here? Yeah, like two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. So, so, so tell us about that experience. Yeah, so in high school, like I said, about your age, was probably my sophomore year or junior year, uh, my aunt moves to Westerville, Ohio from New Jersey, and she's a little lonely. So my mom, her sister uh, decides we're going to go visit her in the summer. So we spend two weeks uh, in Westerville. Now, we didn't want to just spend two weeks in the house. So my parents sent us to Ohio State's recruitment camp. They paid for me, my brother and a friend of mine to go. And at that camp, you know, I've, I'm just playing ball. I'm competing. I'm in a line with receivers and um, they're not really good. So I. I destroy all of the receivers in that in that line, and so I go to the next line, and I just do that over and over. And then I notice at the end, there's a line where all the coaches are. It's kind of where all the attention was, and you could tell that that's where the best talent was. Uh, and so I just worked my way through each line till I got there. A lot of the DBs would, you know, if one of the good receivers came up or one of the, the more talented receivers come up, everybody would hesitate because they didn't want to look bad in front of the coaches. Well, I took that opportunity to, to go and compete. I didn't, I didn't mind looking bad. I wasn't afraid to fail. I wanted to compete. So I would step up, and then another guy would go, and the DBs would hesitate. I'd step up again. So I'd go three, four snaps in a row against fresh receivers, but I'm just going, going, going. And I noticed that the, the coaches are watching. Jim Trussell's standing there, and then all of a sudden the defensive coordinator, after about 15 reps, he stops me and he pulls me to the side. He's like, follow me. We go into a meeting room and these were the parts of the facility that were off limits to the campers. So this is all new stuff to me. You see all the championship pictures, you see all the current players. And he pops in a tape and it was my high school recruiting tape. And this is when I know he didn't even know who I was really. <laughs> I wasn't on their radar as a recruit. And so he's watching, he's giving me some pointers and he tells me, he's. He looks at me after a while and just says, you might be the best corner in the nation, which was kind of crazy to me because at, the, at that time, I was ranked like the 66th recruit in New Jersey. Like I was not, I was a one-star athlete. But through sheer competition, by the time I left Ohio State and got back to, and drove all the way back to New Jersey, uh, a scholarship offer was sitting on my porch when I got there. And so for me, it was just one of those, you know, crazy things. If my aunt doesn't move to Columbus, we don't come to visit. I don't go to this camp. My Good thing she didn't move to Ann Arbor. I, I, somebody asked me that before, like, if, if they moved to Ann Arbor, would you have gone on? I'm like, no, I still wouldn't admit to that team. I don't think we can drive there from, from Jersey. But uh, 
you know, it's one of those things that like you always compete no matter what it is. You don't know what opportunities, you know, turn into any chance you get a, uh, an opportunity to compete and show what you are, especially as an athlete. Take it. Don't be afraid to fail. Go ahead. Go ahead. Dive in, Janai. Go ahead. Feel, feel comfortable. Dive. Be, be, before you ask your question, where's our DBs at? Let's, let's, let's see the DBs out here. We got some young ladies to put your hands up. Okay. Yes, indeed. I just wanted to see who you were. I want to see where you at, DBs. It's on you. Go ahead. Go ahead, Janai. <laughs> Okay, here we back. go. Hold on, hold on. We'll have time for that. Get, we'll, we'll, let's refocus. Go ahead. Okay. What advice do you have for young athletes? Hold on, everybody, so we can hear a question. What advice do you have for young athletes to reach the highest level in sports? Yeah, I think, I think young athletes, I would say, is just understanding the principles of discipline. Like, under, like understand that putting in work is oftentimes a lonely road. I talk about it in my book, is that when I finally decided that, all right, I want to really be good at this, Oftentimes I found myself by myself. Not everybody wants to be great. Not everybody can be great. That's, that's what makes you great. And so don't be afraid to take the, the longer, harder, lonely road. Um, but also, like, it's sports. And I think a lot of times, one of the best things about my, my experiences in sports, especially high school, was that I didn't have many expectations. I wasn't worried about getting recruited. I wasn't worried about who was watching the games. I was just having fun. And I think oftentimes a lot of the adults and the pressures that go around sports robs the athletes of the fun of the game. Um, and so it's just about those two things. Build up discipline. The, the practice reps that you put in is what separates you from everybody else. Um, and then love the game. Like enjoy playing your sport. That's what it's supposed to be at at its core. In sports and anything else, like the best advice I can give you is the, is the advice I got from Jim Trestle, and that was master everything that does not require talent because it's free. All right, so you start to think about competition. If somebody has a God-given talent, you know, I line up against Randy Moss, and he's taller than me. He can jump higher than me. Okay, I can deal with losing that, but, when it, but the things that are free are my effort, my attitude, my attention to detail, my preparation. Do I have enthusiasm? Uh, am I resilient? Do I communicate well? All of those things take no talent. Therefore, they, they're free for everybody. Therefore, you should be a master at them. Let the only thing that differentiates you from anybody else should be their, only their God-given talent. And if they're not working on the things that you're working on, that talent won't mean anything. Uh, and that's, that was one thing that I learned um, early on and always applied and has always been true for me. Did you have any lessons that you took with you that impacted your journey? Yeah, I had plenty. The, I think the most important one uh, was to stop comparing myself to other people, um, especially like in sports and in general. We have, you know, social media, you, you see in everybody, you know, posting the best versions of themselves and you start to compare what your life looks like compared to their, theirs or you compare your game to theirs. Uh, somebody might be at a higher level than you are right now. And those things distract you. They make you have anxiety. They make you feel bad about yourself. Um, but when I started to just focus on me and start to look at like the best things, like what, what are the things that I can do? Uh, how do I learn how to play with my God-given ta talents and how do I work on my own deficiencies? That takes a lot of humility. That takes discernment. Um, but it also takes focus to be able to block out trying to compare yourself to other people and live your life. 
I'll dive in so that way you can take a deep breath there for a moment. Th th these young people, there's a name that they hear and they probably know quite often. If you're from central Ohio, you certainly hear the name Archie Griffin plenty of times, right? And so these young people walk the hallways. This is Archie's school, right? So part of the connection, obviously, is that you get a chance to come in here and then this is the space that Archie called home when he was a student. Um, what does Archie mean to the OSU program as, as a student when you were coming in? Just share with us a name that connects with this community. Yeah, I think Archie is, is, is kind of the gold standard of, you know, you're a two-time Heisman winner. It's like that's something that's special. And as an athlete, you know, he's also – I look at somebody who is has made – sports is going to use you, right? Like, especially the higher you go, there's universities, there's programs, there's money coming in, all these, all these things. But I think Archie probably better than anybody I've seen has leveraged his network <laughs> to where he stood on – you know, all of those things. I'm like, when, what years did Archie play? Archie's like in the 70s. Right. Archie's <laughs> a bad dude. And he's still relevant. You know, Certainly. And not just because of his on-field accomplishments, but his ability to take his field, what he did on the field, and then leverage it for who he wanted to be later in life. Um, and so it's just another example of being more than an athlete, being more than just, you know, your jersey number, um, but really being able to stand on that and, and turn it into something else. Let me share another piece for you. And a name that you spoke about, I think, which will connect with this group right now because it's relevant. Um, you talk about a messaging that Deion Sanders put out there. So Coach Prime, right? And you share in your book um, about how Coach Prime was running maybe a DB camp at the time. And, and so what does that do for you when you hear those things and then, but you still go on and continue to excel and have your career? So, so what does that pit stop do for you when you're coming out of college? Yeah, so I'm, I was coming out of college. I'm going to be uh, drafted as a corner. I'm a pretty high draft pick. Um, but the, the debate is if I'm fast enough to play corner or do I need to switch positions to safety? And, you know, I could deal with the scouts or the commentators saying that I was too slow and I needed to play safety, but and that, that didn't bother me. But then Deion Sanders comes out, who I thought was the greatest defensive back of all time, is like, ah, I don't think he can play corner league. I think he'll be a good safety. And it crushed me at that point because I'm like, ah, this is the guy I look up to. He had a camp um, that I couldn't attend because I wanted to finish uh, my get my degree at Ohio State. So I stayed at Ohio State to train. And then all of the guys that he trained, he was like, he was hyping them up. And he's like, yeah, this, is, this guy's great. This one's great. And I knew I was better than all of them. Um, and I talk about later when I eventually had to change positions to safety, it was humbling because, um, you know, all of those, the words that he said came back in my mind. I'm like, ah, he was right. Everybody was right. I, I'm not, I can't cut it. I'm not able to play this in his league. Um, but eventually I had to just kind of get past that to get over myself, get over my feelings and just focus on the opportunities that I had in front of me. It's like, okay, I'm changing positions. Let me embrace it. What do I need to do to be good at this position? And then here we are, maybe it was maybe four years later, I turned on the TV and I'm watching, is that after a game, I go home, I turn on the TV just to watch the highlights and I hear Deion Sanders talking about a game I just had. He's going over the highlights and he's like, he's talking about me and he's considering me one of the best safeties in the game. Uh, type of thing. And so it was also one of those things that I had to get out of my, again, my feelings didn't matter. 
I didn't like that change or that transition because it was something different than what I envisioned. But step it, but when I embraced that opportunity, it ended up being a better position for me in somewhere that I thrived in because I just was able to humble myself and 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 dive into it essentially. So it is one of those things where you've got to be able to focus and block out the the negativity or the self-doubt and focus on the opportunities that you have at hand, focus on the things that you can control. And that's the work you put in every day. That's the attitude that you have. Um, and, and you let the results figure themselves out. How, how did you balance being a student and a high achieving athlete? So for me, my mom would tell anybody this, with, like without sports, I am very unorganized. Uh, so sports was actually a like, stabilizer for me because it occupied all of my time. It gave me structure. I knew, okay, I had to get my homework done here. I was going to practice here. I need to train there. Um, I struggled with the off season. When my sport was over, then what do I do with my time? What people am I hanging around with? You know, how are my grades? Um, and so for me, I always like to stay busy. Uh, time management is, as an athlete, you all know, it forces you to have some time management. So I would say, you know, stay occupied. Make sure you have a routine. Even if it's not in season, it's like you, you've got to stay active uh, because the off seasons and you can from, you know, from high school all the way to uh, the pros, the off season is where all the trouble happens. Right. <laughs> Players usually don't get in trouble during the season. That's when you're focused. You, your your routine, your regimented. Uh, it's when you're outside of your sport and you're relaxed a little bit and you're kind of, you know, you got your guard down that things tend to happen. So so you've had, obviously, you, you know, you've had a lot of success. You sit here today as a two-time Super Bowl champion. And, and so in high school, you won some state championships. You come into Ohio State and Ohio State goes to national championships. So you knew a lot of winning. Your rookie year, you come in and the New Orleans Saints win Super Bowl, right? So, so kind of share what, what, what that does for you as a mindset when you, in your first year, you guys win a Super Bowl. How does that tell you for the rest? Do, do you think like, okay, this is it. We're doing this every single year. Is that, is that, is that how it kind of works when, when, you, when you're in that position? Yeah. I tell people all the time, I deal better. I'm, I'm better with adversity. Like, come in here and tell me that I can't do something, and then I'm going to do it. That's, that's easy for me after a loss to bounce back. I struggle when people are, like, praising me and telling me how good I am. Cause then you start to believe it. And then you're like, oh yeah, I don't need to put in extra work. I'm, I'm great. Everybody's telling me I'm great. Um, and so I thought winning was easy. I won three state championships in high school, went to college and played in two national championships back to back. And then here I am my rookie year in the NFL and this week 10 and we're 10 and 0. I'm just like, this is, this is what I do, right? This is, we winning. And I, I come into a, a meeting room with some of my teammates and the team captain tells the coaches to get out of the room. He's like, you know, we need a players only meeting. And John DeVilma, who's our defensive captain, flips a chair over and then calls me out because I had a bad game, but we still won. And he called me out. And, and then the idea that we didn't come here to just win 10 games or just have people praise us. We come to win a Super Bowl. And if we need to depend on you as a rookie, we need you to play up to our standard. And it's this idea of like staying focused on the goal, even when you're being praised. It's like in, when, you're, when things are going well, when people are, are, are lifting you up is when you actually need to focus the most. Um, because a lot of us are get motivated by things like naysayers or haters and, and things like that. We use that as fuel. 
Um, but motivations, when there is no motivation, the only thing left then is your discipline to get you through. And if you haven't built up that discipline, even in those good times, as soon as you know you let your guard down, as soon as that motivation goes away, you're gonna find yourself in a place where you're struggling to find that, that last gear, you're struggling to find the motivation to do it, and you won't be able to because you hadn't built the discipline to stay the course uh, regardless if things are going bad or if things are going good. And this, I talk a lot about poise in the book, and poise is necessary for you to execute anything. When the stakes get bigger, the, when the lights are brighter, it's late in the game, that's when you don't start to look in the crowd and look at all of the things around you, you focus on that particular play. Um, and it's like that in life. You can't focus on the things that are surrounding you it's only the things that you have control over, and no matter how crazy they may be. So, so I want to resonate something with this young, this group of young people. So, so today you see a lot of football jerseys. We got our volleyball players in the room. We got our football players in the room. We got some girls tennis. We got a mixture of of student athletes here, right? But they have a big game today. So we so we brought out like you know this 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 is sort of a table prop here. Now I'm from Columbus. Okay. Right. And so uh, I share this with all the young people. Now, watch it. This will get them all to wake up here for a moment. Um, I graduated from Walnut Ridge. I don't think we like to hear right? that. So. So. But hey, 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 hey. But here's the part that I think they'll like, Malcolm. My wife graduated from Eastmore. OK. So, like so, so we certainly we certainly understand it in our home. They, they, they have a rivalry That's tonight, a rivalry, big game yeah. Friday night. And so the bell here represents the winners of this game that they trade back and forth. Um, you know, many people say in college football that the rivalry between Ohio State and Michigan is the biggest sporting event for, for college sports. Right. And so um, share then your preparation, your thoughts, you, you know, go back. I want, I want to take you back to whatever, whatever game you want to choose, whatever year and you're playing in this big game. How, how does your mind work in, in, in approaching this big moment where, where it means so much to more than just, you know what I mean, you all playing in the game? And I share that with you all as young people here today. The Eastmore Walnut Ridge game means more to, than just you. Uh, if nothing else, it means a whole lot in my home where if you all win tonight, I got to hear about it for one calendar year until uh, the Walnut Ridge Eastmore game again. But, but please share yeah, that with I us. I mean, in high school and college, I never lost to my, my rivals. So... Y'all know what y'all need to do tonight. But even now, like I got on a shirt now that says I never lost to Michigan. And I, I graduated <laughs> college 14 years ago. <laughs> so, I.O. So, so, yeah, when it comes to like approaching those big games, you always have like some of those opponents circled on your list. Um, like Ohio State, you know, they, got a, they have three clocks in the, in the facility. One will tell you the time of the day. The other is a countdown clock till kickoff for the next game. And then the third is a countdown to the kickoff of the Michigan game. And, and that's just the environment that we were in. And I'm not even from Ohio, and I got indoctrinated in that, you know, really early. And so it's one of those things that you visualize those games, right? You, we played in the only or the very first time that Ohio State was number one and Michigan was number two. The winner goes to the national championship. And what happens in these games is that players get the urges to, you want to do something special. You're like, in the big game, I'm going to make a one-handed catch. Or I'm going to spike this on somebody. I'm going to make this highlight play because these are the things that people remember. But the games normally come down to the teams that do the ordinary stuff better than the other. 
it's the teams who try to like play outside of the game that that mess up, that make mistakes, and you know. So it's 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 the same game whether it's the Super Bowl or it's the practice. The rules are the same, the field's the same, the ball's the same, and you got to keep it the same uh, in order to just perform. So. I would just say, you know, it's going to be, you get rivalry games, it's going to be plenty of energy. The crowd is obviously going to be in it. There's a lot of history. Uh, you're playing for something bigger than yourself. But at the end of the day, it's, it's still just a game. you got to focus and execute. Um, but I never lost to rivals. <laughs> That's, you don't do that. Go ahead, Denai. Okay. How has football um, influenced your life decisions? Uh, football, I mean, I think was the guiding light of everything. You know, and I talk about in in my book, when things get the craziest, the football place, the football field is really, was my place of solace. That's where it was peaceful. And even, you know, in a chaotic game, that to me was where I got away from all the stresses in life. I got away from my neighborhood. I got away from even stress with my family and could just focus and be, you know, in my own space, be in my own head. So football gave me many things. It's taken me across the world. It's, it's given me an opportunity to support my family, um, but also providing me uh, a ton of peace and discipline and structure. So it's really, you know, I don't, I am not me without the sport. What was the importance of di discipline in your life? Um, discipline, I've had to, there's a quote in my book that says, all of us will face uh, one or two pains, the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. Mm -hmm. um, and I found that to be true, and, and I've been on both sides of that statement. I've been in places or times in my life where I didn't put in the work, or I didn't, you know, I, I quit too early, uh, and regretted the result that I got. Um, and that hurt it. That hurt probably less than the the effort that it takes to be disciplined and to be regimented when you don't want to get up, when you don't want to do the extra rep, when you don't want to do the extra study and or preparation, but you do it and you have the success you want. You know, I'd much rather deal with those pains than the pains of failing and wishing that you would have done something different. Okay. We, we, so we got time for a couple more here before we do some photos and things of that nature. Um, you, you shared throughout your book several times your grandmother comes up. And you mentioned grandmother a lot. Um, and you talk about her importance in your life. And then now here you are. You're, on a, you're, you're a girl dad. Right. So you've had you've had some important women in your life and, and share how um, important it is to have a, a good support system that's going that, that, that helps you stay grounded. And, 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 you know, just in your everyday, you know, decisions, life or even when you were playing. Yeah. A, a, a thread throughout the book is just how black women in my support system are really the foundation that I stand on, whether it's my mom who's literally built my foundation from just she and I doing work in New Orleans to now doing work across four different states. We do work in Ohio, Louisiana, Pennsylvania, New Jersey for uh, 13 years now. That is on the backs of my mom. Um, I talk about even when I got to Ohio State, how I was struggling because I'm, I'm a black kid from Jersey who's dropped in a very white Ohio. <laughs> and I was struggling to really find myself. And um, some of the black girls on campus Friends I had pulled me to certain areas and I got introduced to Omega Sci-Fi and Greek life and then black student life on campus. Um, I talk about my grandmother as, you know, one of those people who taught me how to fight and stand up for myself and push me outside to go fight a bully that had been messing with me. You know, these lessons that I've learned um, are really like key moments for me and the majority of them come from black women. 
um, the ones just that that have held me up. And I've ha- and I've been in situations where I've had to make sure that I'm that pillar for them as well. So it's, it's, it's one of those things that we definitely got to appreciate the people who support us, our families, our friends, and lean into them. Uh, because most of us are trying to do something, especially if you play team sports, you understand the concept of trying to do something bigger than yourself. You can't win the game or the match by yourself. You have to lean on people in a support system. It's the same thing in life. We all want to accomplish great things you know, individually in our lives. Hopefully, those plans are bigger than what you're able or capable of doing on your own. And you have built a, a team of your own, of people that you can lean on, that you can be open with, that you can ask for help um, because it's necessary to get to where you're trying to go. Okay, so, so we'll let Janiah ask one more, and then I'll get us out of here with one, and then we'll transition and get ready to do some photos and stuff. Does that work? That works. All right. All right. How do you preserve your mental health? So, so I talk about in, in the book um, dealing with so much anxiety and stress from my sport, my family, what was going on socially around the country to the point where I was contemplating suicide. And it forced me to ask for help. And I started to see a therapist. And one of the things that she suggested was that I meditate. And so I didn't, I didn't do much of it at a time. I didn't know much about it, but um, I, I've been in therapy now for like seven years. So talking to somebody has been super helpful for me uh, when I'm feeling stressed. But there are times where people aren't there. And I found myself by myself. Um, trying to figure it out and deal with anxiety and depression. And that's when I started to use some of those tools like meditation. Now it's like, okay, I have to start my day with some sort of reflection, even if it's five, 10 minutes, just to get my bearings, think about how I feel. Uh, journaling is something that's, that's super important. If we don't have people to talk to, writing it allows us to purge those feelings, purge those anxieties, and really uh, even keep track of where you were before. Because there's times where you feel like, man, everything's been 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 terrible, you know, for a long period of time. But if you go back in your journal, you'll start to see, okay, well, I had this good thing happen on that day. Um, I had this good thing happen there. And then the biggest thing, but other than breathing and meditation, was just having an attitude of gratefulness. So mm-hmm. every day, find wow. three things that you're grateful for, and it'll change how you view everything. Um, because oftentimes we focus on the negative. Like we're all on social media, so we'll we'll scroll past 20 people that are liking our comments or, or saying great things about us to focus on the one person who hating in our comments, right? And that's kind of how life is. We'll scroll through all of the, the, the good things and the blessings that we have and focus on these one or two things that we lack or that we want to be better or aren't, aren't there. And when you focus on those things, that's all that you'll receive. You'll constantly feel like you're lacking. You'll constantly feel like, things aren't right. But when you wake up every day, you pick three things that you're grateful for and you focus on that, um, suddenly, you know, the things don't seem so heavy. And that was probably the the things I've done the most to protect my my mental health is ask for help. I talk to people, I journal, I meditate. Um, But yeah, definitely ask for help. That's what I would say is, is the most important. Okay, so I'm going to put us on the spot here, more so you two on the spot because I'm asking the question. So I've kind of prepared this a little bit in my head. Right. So in the world of sports, um, especially, you know, all across all games, 
those that get the chance to score are, you know, are kind of highlighted. And in football, obviously football is a sport where there's a defense on the field to stop the other team from scoring, right? So you have a specific job. You get to go out there and stop the other team from scoring. But every once in a while, if you get a turnover, you get a chance to score. And, you, and you've got 20-plus interceptions in your career, and you got seven or eight touchdowns. But now this new age of defense, as you kind of watch the game, they get to do these big celebrations and kind of party, right, when, when the defense scores a touchdown. So today, we're going to put Janiah on the spot. And also, we're putting you on the spot. I'm on the spot only because I'm just coming in on the telling. So we're going to move these microphones for a moment. And Janai, you are going to teach me and Malcolm a touchdown celebration on this stage. So we are going to do we go whatever <laughs> dance you do. That's the dance we're going to do. Oh, so wow, so here so here yes indeed. Hey, so here game. we go. If we just scored a big touchdown, this is our Super Bowl today, right? So we on defense. Me, you, and Malcolm. Oh, everybody gonna be on the spot. You're not gonna have me out here looking crazy. Everybody. Okay, so we, so we, so we go, so we go, we gonna get, we gonna get a few of them out there. Hold on, so hold on, Janiah. We'll let Janiah then. Janiah, you get to select three people to come up here with us. Right, so you, you choose the three, Janiah, and you're going to teach us to dance. This is going to be our touchdown yeah, celebration. So, so, so choose three real quick for us, Janiah, while we start to move the stage. Okay. Mm, Delph. Curtis. Come on, Kakai. Kakai. All right, come on, no, you gotta get up. You gotta get up, and we got. If we go, hey, if we gonna score touchdowns, if we gonna score touchdowns, we gonna learn how to do touchdown dances, right? Okay, so before we transition here, I, I, I want you all to say your name so we know who the dancers are, so me and Malcolm can remember this forever. Tell me your name and just say what grade you are. Say what sport you play. Oh, uh, this is a sophomore. She ain't ready. You got to speak loud. Come on. Come on. Here, who's a senior? We got a senior. Come on, speak nice and loud for us. Say your name and then say what sports you play. My name is Zidane. and I play volleyball. There we go. Uh, my name is Donovan Dove, class of 2026. For, uh, sophomore, I play football, basketball, and I run track. Okay. Now be back to you. Come on. Nice and loud. My name is Sakaya, and... I do volleyball and basketball. There we go. So look, we had a wonderful opportunity here today. You got to see the touchdown dance. Malcolm got a whole bunch of touchdowns. You know, we, we are blessed. You gave us a touchdown today to be able to come here and share your day with us. And I know it's busy because I saw a part of you. You know, you're everywhere today and OSU wants some of your time. We got some of your time. So what we're going to do, if you'll bear with us here for a little bit longer, we're going to set the stage up. We'll do some photos with you. We'll start to bring up some of the players in the teams and we'll get some different photographs. And then um, we have some that we'll do some little bit of book signing here. Does that work for you? Okay. So... No, we're not, we not giving you the mic. I, I see you ready and anxious to go. We, 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 we will certainly give you the mic. Malcolm, how did you celebrate when your team got a touchdown? I liked, we always had handshakes. So when I was in the Saints my last year, um, every player on the defense had a different handshake with each guy. So I had to remember like 20 different handshakes. So you score a touchdown, then you just, you go through each one of them. You want, you got a handshake, you got a cool handshake? Oh, you you gonna ask me, you don't got one? No, no, y'all, y'all get to do the handshake, putting y'all on the spotlight. Let me see a handshake. There's always a simple, there's always a simple one for us because there's a mutual level of, of energy and understanding, right? So I don't, I don't know what we'll do, but we can, but we can always do this, right? Did y'all like that? 
No. Malcolm said he was going to do a cartwheel for us because he can't do a backflip for us. Malcolm promised us he was going to do us a cartwheel because he couldn't do a backflip. I don't know where all of Malcolm's team is at in here, but if he does a cartwheel, just hey, look, who you say we, we got crutches here already from we not doing cartwheels on the stage. But here's what we are going to do. Okay, we will start here, and if I could get, um, oh, there you are, if I could get me, and if I could get um, some support maybe from some of our EA staff.